At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 108th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely podcast. Joining with me, as always, is my good friend, soon-to-be birthday boy, a day after we're recording this. It's Floyd Johnson Jr., everybody. How you doing, my man? I am doing great. I am excited to be turning 40. I know that's not a lot of how a lot of people feel, but for me, I am I love being old. I'm only about 20 years away from being able to say exactly what I want without anybody being able to say anything back. <laughs> uh that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh yeah, cuz you know, it's always been one of my advantages of being old, I just remember you had your uncles and your grandpas, and they would just say the most wrong, offensive stuff, and no one would say anything to them. It was like no one would call them on it, and it's because they're old, and when you're old, you can do that. So, yes, looking forward to 40. I'm excited about tomorrow. I don't even know what I'm doing. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. Uh, but my weekend's pretty full. Uh, tomorrow, Florida State women's softball team. Not a big women's softball fan, but I, you know I support Florida State and everything. They play Game Three of the national, the Game Three and the deciding game of the national championship tomorrow at two. Uh, pick up my wife. I know Friday we're going to see an early showing a Hitman's wife's bodyguard. And then Saturday, we're going to see uh, In the Heights. Ooh, yeah, yeah. nice. So we're gonna, we, gotta, we got movies, weekends, and if anyone knows, I'm a big movie person. You think I know, you think I can talk a lot about wrestling? If you want to just talk about movies, as long as it's not in the horror genre, 
let's go. I pretty much watch everything as long as it's not a horror movie. And so I'm definitely going to do that and just going to have a good time. Just going to see what 40 brings me. Uh, I, you know, very thankful to have made it this long and collected the friends and the family that I have, including you. Mr. Austin and your sister yes. Sydney, yeah, y'all are my some of my favorite people. I usually don't like young people, but y'all are dope, and uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you shout out Florida State uh, softball. Uh, Central Michigan's uh, baseball team actually was just recently knocked out of the NCAA tournament by uh, Notre Dame. However, they performed unbelievably well this season making it to the tournament is no easy task for sure especially for a for a max conference school like central michigan so shout outs goes to them um and yeah i i just watched uh bo burnham's inside i don't know if you've gotten the chance to watch that no my god man well first off bo burnham is still unbelievably talented and funny as hell and the fact that he filmed and did all that by himself with all the lighting effects and everything God knows this man has so much talent, but it's a fucking downer the sooner you get towards the end of the special. But it's I think it's a necessary watch. For what's people, it especially? What's it on? It's on Netflix. It's his net, third Netflix special after being away for five years from doing stand up or any kind of performing like that. He'd done stuff like the eighth grade movie, which is great. Definitely watch that. Um, but other than that, he hadn't done any live performances um until this point and he was going to go on tour in 2020 and then COVID happened so you're gonna get a lot of like if you felt a certain kind of feelings during the pandemic and during quarantine this special is gonna ring really true to you so i definitely support this i know this the album comes out on spotify too with all the songs and i'm gonna grab it off there because there's a lot of good songs on that thing um, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But I, I massively enjoyed that. Uh, uh, gotta, I was about to say, that's his way to not sell a comedy thing. It's like, you're going to be really sad at the end of it. Well, it's, well. It's funny, <laughs> but it's not. I would not classify it as a comedy. I would more so classify it as one man uh, slowly like trying to use his work and his art to distract him from the fact that the world fucking sucked. Uh, so that's it's 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 a long hour and a half distraction. I feel like, and I mean, like most entertainment is. But regardless, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a good watch. So in 2018, there was this quote unquote comedy special called Hannah Gatsby. Uh, I think it was Nanette, and somebody was like, man. You should really watch this. You need to see this. So I watched it. And I was like halfway through just so uncomfortable. I finished it because I start something, I finish it, and I replied to them. You have just lost all recommendation points for the rest of your life. Because that was like the worst hour of my life. Because, you know, if you ever watch it, everything she says is valid. But it is definitely not a comedy special. It's basically a one-hour lesson on why men suck. And that's how I took it. Somebody else might take it a different way. But I was like, I'm not going to. I was like, I was like, I don't think this was for me because somebody asked me that I like it. I was like, I can't say I didn't like it. I just don't think it was. I was the target audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I definitely um, I'm definitely going to check it out because, you know, great thing about working overnight. You get a lot of free time in between the work so uh, i'm definitely going to check it out 
But if it's terrible, I'm coming after. No, I'm just playing. I'm not coming after you <laughs> because you know what you did. You know what you did that wasn't done for me before. You warned me, so I can't come back to you and say, "Man, that got really sad." Second half, second half. You literally, you, you told me, you told me that the person was like, "Man, it was great. You should watch it. It was funny." And I, I was like, I watched that thing and I was like, "Oh, like first fifteen minutes, I don't like where this is going." <laughs> and I was like, second fifteen minutes, I'm like, "Yep." This is what I thought it was going to be. Hour into it. Uh, <laughs> Don't oversell something. Sell it properly. Make sure. I like, that's why I'm trying to be a broadcaster. I sell exactly what the match is going to be and why you should watch, but not like overhype yeah. it to the point where it doesn't live up. I don't know how to sell this. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, and I've never mentioned this on the show. And believe me, this is actually going to be a kind of short show. So if we're not jumping right into wrestling, that's why. Um, uh, Big Lebowski. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm sure people were like, it is like, it's the greatest out. movie ever. That's exact words. The greatest movie ever told by multiple people. I watched that movie and I was like, I mean, it was a movie. And I, I swear to you, even to this day, I will say I would have probably liked that movie way more if it had not been sold to me that it's the greatest movie ever. It's always the case, dude. Some people just like hype something to the moon and back instead of just being like, you should watch this and then leave it at that, honestly. Because I like The Big Lebowski. Some of my favorite lines in cinema are in that. Like, I still love, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. And the, especially the censored version. Uh, you ever find a stranger in the Alps? Like, the, the fucking censored version is honestly the funniest shit in the world compared to the actual uncensored version. It's so... It's so funny. All I, I was gonna say, all I did was just... I always say overrated. I'm like, it's funny, but to me, like, if I was lining that up... And, and, and this is exact example. One night when I was in high school, I turned it on IFC. It had just started, right? IFC had just became a thing. And... I saw this fat guy, uh, I mean, saw this guy, he wasn't fat, behind the counter, and it was like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And I sat there and I watched that movie, and it became one of my favorite movies of all time. I had not watched the preview, no one had told me that movie was good. I didn't know that movie had won awards or whatever. It was just late at night, and I was just like, I wasn't sleepy, let me watch that movie. That movie turned out to be Clerks. And it's one of my favorite movies. And Kevin Smith to this day is one of my favorite directors. But I learned when I told people, when I watched it, when they say, what did you, I oversold clerks to a lot of people. Yes, I, I, I did. Yeah, I, I, I go on record saying, I think the Rocky franchise is better than the star Wars franchise. I mean, and, I, and people get so mad at me when I say that, but it's like that's how I felt. It, it's so funny because if when you say better, people automatically think you're saying one sucks. No, I enjoy the Star Wars franchise, but I love the Rocky franchise. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. I, that's how I feel about Fast and the Furious. I, I mean, it is just action comedy, like basically a superhero franchise. And it's my favorite movie franchise. Like, my favorite movie franchise. Like, literally, in the whole history of the uh, movie, I think two people have died on the good side. Like, mm-hmm. and stayed dead. <laughs> you know? So, it's just like, I love, I love Fast and the Furious. 
And it's I like I say, man, I, I always say like with the Rocky franchise, like Rocky has one bad movie, Star Wars has three, and I'll let you guess which ones I'm talking about. But I, 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 right there, the math my, adds up. Rocky's big, better than Star big, Wars. I always will say I enjoy the prequels more than anybody else. Well, yeah, more than anybody else because I had no expectations for the prequels because I didn't grow up a Star Wars fanboy. Same. Yeah, I, I didn't grow up, so I just watch them, and I'm like, okay, stuff happens that led to the other movies. Great. I mean, nothing to me, nothing's wrong with them. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, the new sequels that came out, the new trilogy, and I'm like, I had no expectations. So I just watched it, and I enjoyed it. The problem is, and I, I do this in wrestling all the time, all the time. It is my primary problem with wrestling. I will see a thread going one way. In my mind, that's the way it should go. Oh my God, I can't wait for it to go that way. And then they don't go that way, and it's like, I hate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like <laughs> they, someone set up a table, no one went through it. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, I pretty much the only person, I and I, I've done this before, I've gotten to the point where the only person I needed to that was a problem was me because they never said this was going to happen. It was one of the many strings that you can pull. I pulled on this one string, decided it was going that way, started looking for it in that way. And then it didn't. And then it's just like the best way to experience something is to not think about it. I am yep. so mad on the fast and the furious nine and this is being on a preview, so this is not a spoiler. But I will still do a five-second countdown before I say it. You can skip ahead a minute, because I'll stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Han is back. And it's just like, I really wish they would have saved that for the movie. Yeah, something like that doesn't need to be like given away. Like, Imagine the reaction in the audience if they had no idea. Exactly. I was so angry, because you know I usually do my best. Like I will like... I will cover my ears and close my eyes in the movie theater or just like leave until the previews over to avoid previews of movies. I know I'm going to see. Well, this one, I just kind of walked in the room and fucking Han was on the screen. And I was like, my head hung low because it wasn't that I wasn't excited. Han, honestly, in the Fast and the Furious series, even with the rock being in the series, my favorite character was Han played by Sun Kang. He is my favorite character in the series. I love Tokyo Drift and all the movies he was included in because I like those characters that kind of play the conscience of the series. So I am happy as hell he's back. But good Lord, I would have loved to experience that in the movie theater when it yeah, happened. And I, th I think we can tie this into something that'll happen that we'll talk about later in the show with Dynamite when it comes to like spoiling something. Yeah. I think we could get into that a little bit later in the show. But <laughs> Let's go. With this little intro out of the way, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in right now. we got a lot to talk about with Dynamite and also the preview for next week's Dynamite. Uh, but first, got to get sure, make sure that you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really means the world. You can also leave a rating and a review that helps our podcast get around and gives us notoriety. really means a lot. And... If you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. That would be incredibly generous. And the easiest way to support us in any way other than listening to the show is by following us on social media. On Twitter, 
We are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex is the podcasting network that helps make this show possible and all a bunch of other podcasts possible. Be sure to check out all their other shows on their network. I myself am Zoomer 4 on Twitter, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week, which will tie in a little bit of what Floyd was talking about with Fast and Furious, with getting that spoiled for him, is the news that we had the arrival on Dynamite of one Andrade on AEW. Andrade is all elite. If I, I if I added sounds to the show, I would have added crickets right there. So here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Andrade being Andrade being an AEW is a huge deal, and of course, uh, uh, dude, how, how many weeks have I been calling Andrade in a? <laughs> show up to promote the AAA match. Yeah, he's gonna be. I thought he was gonna be the Joker. That was my call for the Joker. It's, it's honestly, most sense. honestly, as much as I love Leo Rush, now that he has made it in, uh, Andrade's Andrade's in AEW, it. Really doesn't make sense. He wasn't the Joker. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and sucks for, about his injury, which we'll talk about, about later. The show. Yeah, um, really sucks. And hopefully, uh, situation heals up as as best as possible. Um, but yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of sense as to why they didn't put Joe the Joker as with Andrade that because with it, that crowd, it, it, the whole line it it all made sense with that hot crowd with those excited people. Andrade walking out that door. Imagine the pop. Yes, and and here's the deal too is that like I love Vicky Guerrero, but we all know Vicky when she's in her persona when she's in character, her voice is incredibly shrill. So when she made the announcement and legit said Andrade, I can't remember his full, uh, his full moniker actually. Um, but regardless, Andrade El Idio Idio. Idolo, 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 idol. Idolo. Yeah, idolo. Yes. So when she said that, she said it with her shrill voice, like she does when she's in her character. But like a lot of, I, I like to believe the reason why he got crickets at the beginning is because people literally didn't understand what Vicky said. If they that, that is a situation where they kind of pulled what Floyd was talking about, where they kind of. They spoiled the surprise a little too soon by having her announce it. She could have just been like, I have a new signee, and then just pointed to the video screen, Andrade's name appears, and that would have been a decent pop, I felt like, or at least a really good pop. Because when they, he showed up, and he walked out, and the crowd noticed, oh shit, it's Andrade, then the crowd popped a little bit for him. But... Yeah, they. I literally don't think they could have. They heard what Vicky said because I heard. I heard slightly Andrade, and then he. She said the her the last name moniker, which I didn't know, and I was like, "Wait, what?" So, and that was another thing. I, I and this is me. You know, if anybody says I am not critical of AEW when I need to be, you don't listen to this show because I will say this: video package. They could have shot like a video package with him. You know, like taking, you know, taking off his mask, almost like, you know, to to build up the type of star that he is, you know, former NXT champion, all that kind of stuff, you know, and then had the video package of him walking and then had him walking out so people would know who they were reacting to. Yeah, it, it, either way, if they would have just filmed, yeah. if it was just filming um, but it, him and then that built it up, or if it was just like the same way with Christian, where as soon as his name popped up, then people went fucking nuts, it would have worked so much 
Eight. I feel like he would have gotten a better response than he did. Yeah. I don't think people aren't excited to see Andrade in AEW. Because, yeah. again, we have the AAA match with Kenny Omega. And people, when that was announced, people were fucking hyped about it. But we just, I don't think, and it's nothing against Vicky. Yeah. She did exactly what we know Vicky does. We just literally couldn't hear what she said at one point. Oh, yeah. And uh, a little, like, maybe a teaser that a big star was being, nom- you know, bringing out today. Something like that. Uh, my big thing is, I know Vince doesn't watch the show. I know he doesn't. I know he could probably care less about what's going on in AEW. But if he happened to be watching the show and that reaction when Andrade came out, he screamed out, I told you so! Because, <laughs> like, man, he's not a star. Look, I told you. <laughs> Vince Vince will grab onto anything like that. <laughs> any, any little any little threat he can grab onto. I, I was just saying, I mean, I saw, some, I saw some people on Twitter like, I told you he wasn't that big a star. And I'm like... I mean, if you're going based on that reaction, even me, like, watching it, I was taken aback by the lack of reaction. Like, aback. <laughs> like, I know the, the crowd wasn't great all night. I will tell you the crowd oh, sucks. Really, if you're listening great. into the show and you were in the crowd, do better. Okay? This was the- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need y'all to do better. There is a standard for AEW crowd, you did not meet that standard. Below expectations. If if this was a, a report, a yearly report at work, you got uh, below expectations. I was very upset because I feel like the dynamite before and double or nothing. I feel I was in the crowd. I'm not just saying like it was all me. No, never would say that. But the people there set a standard. For crap people being in the crowd. And I think you have a standard to set up to. And July, June 26th, that's the next live show. That's the next in crowd. I am challenging you. I am challenging anybody listening to bring it. Because, yeah, you when you went from... It, and it sucked for this Dynamite because it was following Double or Nothing. And they probably could have been like, 25% louder and I still would be like you weren't loud enough because double or nothing was so loud and it was so carried by the crowd I just like I mean dude you buy a ticket buy a ticket you were part of the show come on yeah exactly and especially because we know especially how much a, a hype crowd adds to a show like we saw that with Double or Nothing. Yeah, a lot of people would say that. A lot of people would say that they felt like Double or Nothing was an uh, was a good show, but was carried by the crowd. <laughs> I disagree with that theory, but I cannot deny that the crowd made that show so much better. Yeah, I always say every every show, and I, and I, I can't help it. It's just who I am. Each match gets like a point when I'm live there. It's just a different excitement. It's just a different energy. It's like I have to come home and just watch it as a person at home to get a like a real rating. And it was like every match was like awesome to me at uh, Double or Nothing. And then I got home and I watched it. And I was like, yeah, it was a really good show. It wasn't a great show. It was a really good show. But the crowd was like, if a crowd got a star rating, it was six stars. The crowd carried every moment of that show. And it's just like, then you get to, uh, you, and it, it just seemed like AEW was the hottest product in the world. Uh, I think they reported over 120,000 buys on the pay-per-view. So that was incredible. And it was just like, 
Right then, AEW seemed like the hottest product on the planet. Then you watched Dynamite, and it was like, I, I, I mean, are there fans there? Or are they still doing this in front of? It, it seemed like the people, when they had the wrestlers out there, were louder than this whole crowd were was. Yeah, it seemed like it. But regardless, uh, after getting that uh, little uh, intro to the show out of the way, we can now get into our AEW Dynamite review for June 4th, 2021. We opened up the show right out the gate with the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, taking on Death Triangles, Pac, and Penta El Zero Miedo. They uh, made sure to let everyone know that uh, bef- like on All Things Elite, uh, I mean, on, not on All Things Elite, sorry, that's our show. On Being the Elite, uh, uh, other member of Death Triangle, Phoenix, was attacked by the by uh, the Elite and was filmed by Brandon Cutler. They made sure to mention that. They didn't show the footage because they were like, we're not going to show that. That's not fair. I like it's like you keep that on your show. I was like, I you should you should have shown it honestly to give to give the context. It like video footage like that does help bring context, even if it's a YouTube show. Like if that's going to be used by the commentators to call that that footage should be used. Regardless, uh, Frankie Kazarian made sure to attack Mac- Michael Nakazawa, who was in the crowd getting like the Young Bucks gave him some of their gear and was like, oh shit, and then. Frankie Kazarian came out and attacked Nakazawa and then got the Good Brothers basically to chase after him to kind of even the odds in this match. This match was hot out the gate. Having the Young Bucks open up Dynamite is a surefire hit. And of course, Death Triangle is always fun to watch. And they were incredibly great. This is the first time we got to see Pac and Penta team together from Death Triangle. It's normally just Pac and Phoenix. But this was a really, really strong match. The beautiful... Uh, interference by Brandon Cutler with the camera uh, was great, and that was allowing uh, the Young Bucks to get the win on Death Triangle. But man, the the spot where Penta gets his mask take, taken off has a second mask underneath it, knocks down uh, Nick Jackson, and then uh, Pat goes in for the for the Black Arrow. That would was a very very close chance of that possibly being the end of the match. So I really loved that how that was put together. But the the heel way the Young Bucks won the match was great. And then Eddie Kingston came out to to save Penta and Pac. His well Penta his former friend and Pac who he's had issues with in the past. He still comes out to save them. And it was it was great to see uh, him show up because if anyone was able to get a pop from this crowd, it was still Eddie Kingston. Uh, but I think this is a really, really good opening match, though. Don't hate me, but I really don't like the heel working of the Young Bucks. And I don't like it, and oh man, it makes me want to boom. It's like, I don't like it because it takes everything they do is awesome, right? And it's just like, I feel like you can still do the awesome stuff and be heel, because you're still going to get cheered because you're the Young Bucks. So I just think changing your working style so drastically you know it's like man we're getting a young bucks versus Pac in penta match this is going to be like the coolest match ever and of course they did the springboard uh destroyers and all that stuff and it was great but then it was just like 
outside interference. It's like, okay, the Young Bucks should just be able to beat these two. You know what I mean? Even if they have to poke in the eye or something. The the whole idea of Brandon Cutler and, you know, I don't really want to cheat guy, but I'm going to cheat guy because I need a job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe see, I actually, I like see that, and, they, and that's why I want. That's why you're here, sir. Right? So we can disagree sometimes. It's just like Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, and it's just they like are, yes. It, it's just our just be the best tag team in the world. You know what I mean? And I, I guess they are heels, and they're gonna do it for heat, but they're not really getting heat because they're the Young Bucks. It's like okay. I will tell the people, you like Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, and I, I wouldn't have put them in here before, but I can put them in here now. The Young Bucks, God Mode. That means whatever that they do to you, you kind of deserve, and there's really no... The most heel thing about the Young Bucks are Agallos, Anna Anderson, and um, Callis, because... Yeah, the hill. I mean, the young bucks do what it takes. You know what I mean? That's their thing, and it's just like I don't think they come off observably hill. Maybe annoying, and it's just like I don't know. It takes kind of the magic away from them. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I would say I would say at least with with the way that they're portraying themselves as heels is that they're using that moniker of best tag team ever as like a crutch and yeah. then they go out there and do stupid shit like matt going out there and fucking air humping the air during double or nothing like that's a championship match and he's doing that um when they would do the i'm sorry i love you spot like they're they're obviously capable of doing incredible shit and they still do great stuff in the mat in the matches and such but i feel like them i think it's even more annoying though to be like relying and having like not even like necessarily relying but having your boys help you win matches even though you don't need them to and then still being like we're the best tag team in the world okay i think i think that as uh as like as a pairing between that for their characters i think makes it easier to boo them and it's again it's the same thing with kenny omega we know literally no one can touch him in ring he's one of the best but he still has don Callis coming out to pull orange cassidy out of the ring so he doesn't win the match like kenny omega should win that match regardless of the the situation but he still has don Callis to come interrupt the match which got one of the biggest heel spot heel reactions of the night for double or nothing it's having it's knowing these guys are good and being it's like it's literally like if if it's just it makes so much sense because you know these guys are good but they're resting on their morals and still calling themselves the best in the world. It's like when it's like it's when Jericho was I'm the best at the world at what I do and then he would just cheat to win. Like it's 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 that that pairing is so simple to be like no, but you're being a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. You 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 make perfect sense. You do make perfect sense. It was just, it was just like, man, this is my reaction. I'm watching it, and I'm just like, oh my god. You know how much I love tag team wrestling. I'm a you know you know tag team wrestling mark, and uh, completely just like they're not they're good. I do want to share uh, share a statement by our friend. And, and and a loved one Tiffany, she actually made a post today. And you know, right. t- you know, Tiffany is super super Cody, right? 
And she and she's super Cody. So this I feel like this carries even more weight because of how big of a Cody fan uh she is. She says it's no secret that Kenny Omega isn't my personal favorite wrestler. However, the narrative that he's not putting on the same level of quality matches in AEW that he did in New Japan is absurd. My guess this comes from people who wish he was still wrestling in Japan slash don't like AEW. And I was just like, she uh, she kind of sent it to me before she sent it out. And I was like, I, I, I felt him. I, I, I mean, I felt her because I completely uh, agree. Like, Kenny Omega is not my favorite wrestler. I, I probably not in my top five. But I always make the point is, if you ask me who the best entering wrestler in the world is, it won't take me one second to say Kenny Omega. It, it, it is natural. Not because anybody else says it. It's just I've never watched a Kenny Omega match and not enjoyed it. Like, Ed, like I could I, not know the storyline. Yeah, I could, well, I, could, I, could, I could also say... Um, it's 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 three things I would think they would they want him to still be wrestling for New Japan or just in Japan they don't like AEW or because they see him almost every week on Dynamite it, the luster is kind of gone because most people who when they watch well, well most fans who call I don't want to make a generalization but I think a lot of fans when they watch New Japan they'll watch the big pay per views that Kenny's wrestling at and then just see him be unstoppable pay per view wrestling god. And then just that's that's what they see of him because like yeah. New Japan's a lot more different with how they put on shows compared to American promotions who promote weekly television. But so. and that's I think that's the only difference. You see him more, so you appreciate him less. He's yes. still awesome, but you He's see him more. Yeah, it's like uh, there's this restaurant two blocks down called the Ranch in Oklahoma City. I mean, like a meal costs like a hundred dollars a person, right? But I had it because my work paid for it. It was like the best steak I ever had in my life, right? So good, right? And it was just like, man, this is a great steak. But if I had that steak every month, it would just end up being a steak at some point. It's the fact that I only can have it once or twice a year is what makes it great for me more than, you know, it just being a really good steak. And that's what it is. Kenny Omega is a f the best coach filet mignon ever. And you used to get to see him perform in singles matches 10 times a year, maybe. And now he's wrestling all the time. It's still just as good. It's just you appreciate it less because you get it more. You get it on TNT. You don't have to stay up at 2 o'clock in the morning and watch it. Otherwise, you'll be spoiled at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's just... That's what it is. It, it, I, I truly believe that's what it is. Kenny Omega is still amazing. I was listening to this show, uh, Voices of Wrestling. They were doing their live show, and I love it. And they was like, Shingo may be the best wrestler in the world. And I'm like, I love Shingo, right? Dude, love Shingo. But Shingo's like worth like four singles matches this year. I'm like, how do you say he's the – How did, did Kenny fall because you see him more? <laughs> I'm like, because – like. Uh, like a year ago, it was unquestionably Kenny Omega, but is it now unquestionably somebody else because you see him less? I don't. I like I said, I don't get it. There's gonna be a new hotness regardless of like how long someone's been around. There's always gonna be a new hotness with like who people think is the best because like as as time goes on and some and some wrestlers stick around longer, the luster of being like they're the best. 
goes away a little bit. Like yeah. it just does. Like remember, uh, uh, remember when literally no one could touch Ronda Rousey when it came to women's MMA. Yeah. And now and, like her name's barely even mentioned in that conversation. Yeah, it's definitely. It's uh, I I completely agree. It's just one of those things. It's like. Did he get worse? You know what no, I mean? Time, to me, I, yeah. I genuinely think time just like yeah. weighs on people's. Uh, yeah, he's just that. been consistently so good so long. You stop appreciating him, but you know what? I don't know how many years you got a Kenny Omega left. I say appreciate them all. Like I said, when he's in that ring, he is phenomenal. I'm not a big fan of like his promos or you know things outside of the ring. Never have been. And it just doesn't hit with me. I like the over-the-top feel, which is Cody. Uh, but in that ring, whoo-wee. I'll say, I will tell you. I'll tell you someone's as good as Kenny Omega. I will. I will never tell you anyone's better than Kenny Omega, especially right now. I think he's in his Kobe Bryant, you know, LeBron James, in that, you know, they had those four or five years where they were clearly number one. I think Kenny Omega's in that time right now. All right. Well, speaking of your boy Cody, we had the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and Big Shoddy Lee Johnson teaming up to face off against factory members QT Marshall and Anthony Agogo in tag team action. This is an all right uh, tag match. I think the match, it fully built up to when Cody was looking to hit QT with with the crossroads. But then Aaron Solo distracts the referee, and then a go-go just comes straight across and beans Cody right across the jaw, knocks him straight out. QT then quickly goes for the pin after a go-go threw that punch and yeah. gets the win for the factory. Uh, a go-go kind of mixed his mark because he forgot to get out the ring after he punched him. He stood over yeah. him, and then the referee counted there. I'm like, why would you count the three? <laughs> like yeah. a guy standing here. Like, why are you standing here? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm sure he did it so that way it made it seem a lot more like menacing when he did. Yeah. He just stare, knocks, stares him while he's on the ground, and he's just fucking. It's like I knocked your bitch ass out. Well, but like traditional pro wrestling says, get your ass out the ring. Yeah, get your ass out. The ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, what'd you do? Yes, no, but it it, it was like I, I got I got what they were going for. It worked. But, you know, so after he got punched, Cody rolled QT up and won, right? Because Cody's the booker, so he never loses. He's an EVP. He only puts himself over. So he won the match, correct? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, QT Marshall? No, Cody beat QT, right? Yeah, he already beat, yeah, he already has no, beaten. No, I'm talking about just now. Like, like after a go-go punch Cody, Cody rolled QT up and won, correct? Because Cody Absolutely never, no, Cody no. never loses. You know that's no. that. I mean, if you look at Twitter, <laughs> if you look at Twitter, <laughs> if you look at Twitter, this man Cody's shoulders never touch the mat. So I can't believe never loses on TNT. He never loses. So this was his first loss in AEW history, correct? Never happened. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch this show. He only loses to. I didn't watch it. Uh, it happened. 
He only lost the other, he only loses the other stars, right? So it must have been Mox that pinned no more, Kenny Omega or Hangman. No, it was QT effing Marshall. Again, you know, I'm not going to go off on a tangent again. I'm just going to say, y'all can take your narratives, ball them up really, really tight, roll them up really tight, and shove them up at your ass. There you go. <laughs> um, but, yes, this is, uh, this is great. Moving this story forward. I personally, I actually don't like this rivalry. I think this rivalry is beneath Cody. That I will say that right now. This is not big match Cody. This is not. But everybody needs something to get them to the next thing. So this seems like the something, maybe his summer rivalry to get him ready for uh, all out eventually, all out eventually or whatever. And maybe he'll get something hotter. But again, this is a mid card, lower card storyline. Just throwing that out there for everybody to like. This is just a Cody Rhodes vanity project. This is a mid-card storyline project. It's like Nightmare Family is not even truly defined as who is in it. I think you got Cody, you got Dustin, you got Big Shotty. I think you got all of the gun clubs, so that's six people. Arn is the manager. It's just like you really don't have a defined four like in the factory. They have their defined four. The star of the group is Anthony Agogo, right? Yeah, the the hoss is Nick Camarado, you who you'll we'll talk about later. Um, the manager, the leader, the manager, QT. The pin eater is uh, Aaron Solo. That's they all have their role, right? I think personally, and tell me if you agree with me or not. I love when you disagree with me. If you do, I think they need more defined roles. In the Nightmare Family, I, do, I genuinely don't because honestly, I feel like the only defined roles are <laughs> Cody, Dustin, Arn, and uh, I guess I would I would throw in uh, Lee Johnson as well. I would. Yeah, think. I'm like he should at least come out with the jacket. You know what I mean? It yeah. just seems like it's they seem the like gun club's basically yeah. its own thing, but is also mm-hmm. technically part of the Nightmare. Yeah, family. it seems disjointed. I just think they need to kind of define who their team is. Maybe this is what that uh if you anyone watches Sammy blog, they're doing like a friend Olympics where the winner is going to get, you know, a nightmare family jacket. I truly think the winner is going to be uh Fuego in the end. I think it's going to be Fuego and then maybe they'd be building up a four where it'll be Cody, Dustin, Big Shotty and Fuego against the other four. And that way. You know, Cody's team has their pin either, and you know, Fuego will take the pin anytime or whoever they do. I, I please don't don't be like stamping Floyd said Fuego's the fourth member. I'm just throwing a name out there, but I'm just saying they need a definitive four to go up against their four. And I, because I know, like, yeah, like I said, the Nightmare Factory just seems disjointed, and I just think they could more to define who's in the group. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent on that side as well, yeah. and I think I, th- I think that's what keeps the fans from interacting with it too. Yeah, it's it's simply like that. Like I said, like the 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 members of the Nightmare Family that people care about are Dustin, Cody, Arn, and then maybe Lee Johnson. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because the Nightmare Factory should tech I mean, win every time because they got like ninety two members. <laughs> so I was like, they should but literally. But Cody never comes out. 
help out his friends when they're beat up unless he shows up in a bus. Yes, and his friends really never come up to help him either. I've gotten pissed about that a many it's times. Like the worst, it's the most dysfunctional. There must be like like when Cody does his fucking reality show with Brandy. I better see like nightmare family members just screaming at each other. Like, fine, I won't show up next week. I won't help your ass. And then like, that's why they don't show up. Yeah, I have nothing else to go off of. Yeah, because the faction is it's it's the worst faction in AEW. <laughs> I, I I have to say it. It sucks because I'm See, not remember. We were kind of on Team Taz being the worst faction. So it seems like we flipped over to the yeah, yeah, No, it's like at least Team Taz comes out and has each other's back, yeah, which is the roles. which is the point of the faction. You are in a gang, so you never get double teamed. And DDP's yeah. also technically part of the Nightmare family. We never see him. Yeah, I, I, I think after that whole thing, I think they've kind of, I mean, they work with them, but after that whole thing where that guy got all mad about the, you know, that guy that kind of worked for someone close to AEW was all like, oh, man, it's a horrible environment. I think feel like they've separated themselves kind of. I don't know. Like I say, again, this is a this is a fan podcast. This is no insider information. This is completely me speculating. I want we, to make that clear. We, we know we, we know less than most. <laughs> yes, know. yeah. I just want to be clear because you know somebody out there might have insiders. I'm just speculating. Exactly. <laughs> After this, though, we had the inner circle doing their victory lap over winning the stadium stampede match against the Pinnacle at Double or Nothing. Sammy Guevara got a great reception, uh, saying. It was a night he'd never forget. He was glad he got to hit the 640 on uh, Sean Spears, and he's glad that he was the the winning force to be able to keep his brothers together. Santana basically made sure, um, hey, look, we still got to pass these fools in the hallway, so it ain't going to be over. Him and FTR need to make sure they keep an eye out because – Y'all are still trying to take food out of our family's mouth, so this is this ain't over. Jake Hager still calls, calls out Wardlow, also challenging him to an MMA cage fight on Dynamite in two weeks. So since Hager's never lost in MMA, he wants Wardlow to face him in the cage. So I don't know what that'll be, uh, considering it's still on a wrestling show. I don't know if it'll be a shoot. I don't know what it'll be. But regardless, Jericho also said... MJF still pisses him off. They still got unfinished business because you tried to end my career and possibly my life when you shoved me off that cage at Blood and Guts. So it's not going to be enough because when I beat you up at Stadium Stampede, it still wasn't enough. Until I can ruin your career and your life the way you tried to ruin mine, it will not be over. I thought he possibly teased a possible lights out match between the two because he did say lights out. However, he said the pinnacle... This ain't over because the reason is Inner Circle never forgives and never forgets. I thought the Inner Circle uh, forgave uh, what uh, Mike Tyson did, and they amended that. But regardless, they never forget. That's true. But I thought I, I, I thought Santana was pretty a pretty like really good. He carried the promo for the group. I thought he did an amazing job. Uh, he stumbled a couple times, but I still think the promo was silent. So and somebody pointed it out. I did not notice this before, but somebody I was like listening to pointed it out. If you look at Chris Jericho looking at Santana during that thing, it was like a proud papa. It's like, oh, 
you got this if I ever can't do this. If I'm ever away, Santana could carry the mantle as the de facto leader of it because he can carry a promo. I also feel like you're about to see an uptick in the tag team division. I think you're going to see Santana Ortiz, who got new music, uh, go to Mikey Ruckus' uh, Twitter to uh, listen to it. But uh, Santana Ortiz got new, uh, new music, and I just think you're going to see them, FTR, you see Pac and Penta, and I think you're about to start seeing more tag teams go after the Young Bucks. Because I believe it. In the, the Young Bucks rivalry, they have really been doing a lot of matches with younger uh, tag teams like the Varsity Blondes, uh, I forgot, uh, the Acclaimed, uh, and then they went into the makeshift tag team of Moxley and Kingston. I think it's time for the, you know that top tier. To me, the top tier of the tag team wrestling division in AEW is the Young Bucks, FTR, uh, Proud and Powerful, and uh, the Lucha Bros when they're together. I think, or me, even you can even throw best friends in there. It just depends. But I think you're going to start seeing a more of the more established tag teams go after the tag team titles. Yeah, I think I would I would agree with that as well. Um, and then after this, we had a very short promo with Kenny Omega and Don Callis where they were talking about there's a conspiracy uh, surround, surrounding this con job of trying to screw Kenny Omega out of the AEW World Title. Honestly. Didn't really get exactly what this what the purpose was of this. I mean, like you guys won the match. Like, where was the screw job? I, uh, I didn't even. You know, it's all about that. It's that thing called heat. I think it's just trying to build up the heat. And it's like if this was anyone of lesser power, I would be like, yeah, it's not going to work. But Don Callis is oh, so dude, he's so he's hated. he's so I, hated. I, he's as good at talking as Kenny Omega is at wrestling. So absolutely, he's going to make this work. He's going to make you hate him, and it's just gonna you're gonna be like, oh, I know, I know, I'm supposed to hate him, but you know, I'm not. But it's like one of those, like I say, when I watch Don Callis, it's like I boo him because you know that's the reaction he expect. But in my heart, I am smiling so big. Because to see someone do something that they're truly great at, great at is special. Yeah, absolutely. After this, though, we had the tag team match between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage versus Private Party. And this, I honestly thought, um, besides the main event, I think this might have been one of my favorite matches on the show. Just because I loved the little interactions that took place during the match. Uh, especially uh, Private Party healing it up, doing the five-second pose, mocking Edge and Christian, I thought was lovely. And then doing it while they were holding on to Christian while he's like kind of, he's loopy and he's not all there. And then he quickly reverses it and nails them both down and goes for the tag for 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 Jungle Boy. That was great. Jungle Boy's so over still. Like yeah. Even this crowd gave a lot of support to Jungle Boy. Matt Hardy getting involved in distracting the referee, being himself, and then Christian eyeing him up, still knowing that, like, listen, the Hardys and, the, and, and E&C, they have history that will never go away. And even if Christian's by himself, that history's not going away. And when uh, the AEW, when, when uh, Private Party goes for gin and juice, and then Christian Cage gets a great spear on Isaiah Cassidy, and then the snare trap is put on Mark Quinn getting the tap-out victory, 
that was great, but then leading into the fact that we have another feud to buy Christian some time before he eventually gets a shot at the AEW title because there's a few people that are going after it now. He's going to be going after Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy blindsides him with the twist of fate, and we're going to get a continuation of this feud of Hardys versus ENC. Yeah. Man, TLC, TLC, we all know what these guys have done. Like, it's it ain't no question that these guys have history. So I mean, this is just this just makes sense in the world, honestly. It's just you get classic, uh, old school like people who tune in and they don't know much about AEW. If they were if they watched uh if they watched WWE in the nineties, they know these two. That's for sure. I and anyone to me that says, Hey, why are they doing Christian versus Matt Hardy? Uh, because it's good. I mean, they can work together. Christian, they're going to work to similar speeds. The thing about Christian is, if you notice, if you notice, they're doing something. They are. This company is trying to be different than old TNA, and I loved old TNA, and I didn't mind it when they were doing it back then. But you see that they are distinctly trying to be different. They brought Christian in. He hasn't got a title shot yet. They are making him earn everything that he's part. He's a part of a. He's like. He started in kind of the mid-card, lower mid-card. He's kind of up a little bit more in the mid-card now with Matt Hardy. And he's going to work his way up. And when they build to that match, if they build to that match, with him and Kenny Omega, it's going to mean something. It's not going to be somebody that just came in like 10 seconds ago. It's going to be somebody that came in, got wins, earned it, was a part of the company, helped the younger guys get better, then you're going to get the Kenny Omega Christian match. I just, I, I just like, I, you know, it's so funny that people are kind of impatient, but it's like, man, let them tell a story. They'll just like, it's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's, we, we've talked about this before. It's like, we're not used. Uh, wrestling fans today aren't used to long-term storytelling because I mean, like the other company has made it harder for us to enjoy such a thing because we don't get it too often. Yeah, Christian but, still hasn't been pinned. You know what I mean? He has. Yeah, he still hasn't been pinned. Yeah, and again, he's he's using this point in his career too. Like he's going to get a shot at the AEW title. There's no question that's going to be the case. But while we're waiting for that to happen, him sharing the ring with Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy getting that rub by eliminating him to win the Casino Battle Royal, and then Ed, Christian coming into the ring and just being like, "You use this moment," and then fucking like them giving an, him giving a like really emphatic hug to him, being like, "This is your moment." Like the crowd fucking love that. That's the kind of shit that like, like more veteran wrestlers like you need to still give back to the business. Like that's that's so important during that time period because that's when it's so much more effective when you've already established yourself as one of the greats. And I yeah. think Christian's doing the right thing with that. And he will get a title shot. There was nothing di disputing that whatsoever. It will happen because he deserves it. And he's showing that he deserves it by putting over people like Jungle Boy. All right. I, I completely agree. But, uh, yeah, what, what was next on the show? I forgot. Next was Sting and Darby Allen getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Sting celebrating the fact that, like, man, that night at Double or Nothing was one I won't forget. It's like the, the energy the crowd gave him, him being able to actually wrestle in a ring, not a cinematic match, an actual wrestling match. I mean, it's he says it stands up with anything I've ever done in this business. And then Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page interrupts, Scorpio clapping for him very slowly. Basically saying, uh, hey, Sting, uh, you know what? Yeah, you got one over on us, but
but you've been carrying Darby's bum ass his entire AEW career. So Scorpio said, Darby, you got to go find somebody else besides Sting, and let's see if you can prove us wrong, if you can actually win without Sting. And there you go. Just been putting out a challenge for Darby. Win without your boy Sting. Win without your face paint, brother. Uh, if you can actually get one over. Genius, because this is genius, because this is going to add someone else to the feud to help to get them over. And it takes Sting out. They just like, hey, they just kind of admit it. Hey, we can't beat Sting. Yeah. So uh, are, you gonna, yeah. are you truly going to fuck with Sting? No, no, no. We'll fuck with Darby. Yes, and I just thought that was genius because now you have a reason for Sting not to wrestle. Exactly. It makes uh, total sense. Yeah. We go into another quick segment with uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, celebrating her championship, becoming the brand new AEW Women's Champion, knocking off Hikaru Shida at double or nothing, knocking off the longest reigning champion in AEW history. And there she shows up with Rebel, and Tony Schiavone's there. And earlier in the show, too, for the Inner Circle celebration, Jericho had everyone look underneath their seats, and they all had... uh, inner circle winning stadium stampede t-shirts that they were all getting for free i don't know what all the sizes were so if anybody got a wrong size i apologize i'm i'm assuming they're all like mediums or larges so that way they fit at least some people but i mean like you yeah might, you might have traded in some shirts if they you, fit, yeah. usually like so when i went to oklahoma city thunder every playoff game they would give away sh- uh shirts they would all be larges but you could go to the a stand and they had a certain amount of each shirt that you could trade it for. That's what I assumed. That's what I assumed. Well, Britt Baker, DMD, Dr. Britt Baker, she had her own situation where she had burgers and she's like, I got coupons for everybody. Look underneath their seats. Everyone looks. Ain't nothing there. It's like, yeah, you don't get nothing, which I get. That's a good spot. Why the fuck were there burgers? Like, you're a doctor. Doesn't that mean burgers bad for your teeth? Uh, let me tell you. So let me give you all a little color for the people that don't pay attention to Twitter 24-7 a day. Uh, there was like a little war on Twitter between fast food restaurants. And Britt Baker says she prefers Big Macs from McDonald's. McDonald's rewarded her 1,500 free Big Macs for winning the world title. Uh, AEW doesn't have an endorsement deal with McDonald's. So instead of... Britt Baker cutting the promo and explaining that they are Big Macs from McDonald's. She had to just call them burgers. All right. Yeah, from a restaurant. And it was very generic, and it didn't carry weight, and it didn't land. I'm like, I know you don't want to get rid of any of your sponsors, but the last time I checked, there's not really. Like, I even went back and kind of fast-forwarded through. I didn't really see fast food restaurants in the AEW, like, things, I feel like you could have just said Big Macs and McDonald's. Yeah. And so yeah. people would give a fuck what you were talking about. Because this whole segment was a dud. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> what happened was then all of, uh, during this, when he went, when Britt Baker goes to share some burgers, some Big Macs with Tony Schiavone and Rebel, Nyla Rose knocks them out of her hands and then just pops party balloons and then leaves. And kind of was not much leading into this honestly like, what? It was, yeah i mean like i i i don't want to say like people aren't excited for nyla rose to face off against uh brit baker i don't think that's the case because she's a former women's champion and she's proven to be good um i do think it's still weird with the dichotomy for brit baker because i mean nyla's a heel and the way that it's being presented 
Britt Baker's still a heel. So are we getting a heel versus heel match for the women's title in her first feud? Honestly, I think that, like, while Nyla should have a shot to go for the women's title, I think, one, this segment wasn't presented too well, and two, I think this might not be the perfect first match or first feud for Britt Baker to have with her AEW Women's Championship that she just won. I think you could have gone with somebody else. This could have been, I I truly think this could have been, like, an all-time great segment. And, you know, not not everything you do is going to be a home run. That's what I'll just say. I just think the crowd, love Rick Baker, was so excited uh, for her winning. I think she should have came out as the conquering hero, made it look like she was like on their side and kind of went heel at the end. And maybe yeah. Nylee Rose come out and challenge her or something. But the way it looked, it just felt so flat and disjointed. And yeah, yeah I just could have. Yeah, I just, it could have been so much better, honestly. And while it's cool that she got the the Big Mac uh, stuff from McDonald's, I don't think you needed to weave that into her celebration. Though. If you I were going like to do it, at least six weeks Big Mac, Big Macs. Yeah. I'm going to give y'all some coupons oh. for Big Macs, and then not give them the coupons, and then it yeah. would have been like, oh, okay. And but so it's just like I got burgers. You want burgers? Yeah, it you was. Don't get burgers. Even the words were. It was the words came off just as generic as the promo came off. And they're like, and it's somebody that has been so great. Like she has been like so great these last few months. It wasn't the championship promo that it needed to be. No, it 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 definitely took us down a little bit with uh, how hype we were for her becoming women's champion. Just a smidge. I don't think it's going to ruin her run. Like it's literally the day, a- the 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 week after. So, and, and I still don't understand. I still don't understand how fans mistime DMD. It's she, she fucking points your fingers. Yes, I, I don't understand it. Just follow the finger. Okay, I'm done. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Regardless, we had another short little promo. Um, uh, the best man, Miro. Uh had a challenger for his TNT championship and uh, it was going to be uh, Johnny Hungy uh, but wasn't to be because he's still uh, not cleared for action so John Silver passed it over to Evil Uno who will be challenging for the TNT title and Miro had a little response that was alright basically just building up to that match but I, I, I love his the dig about Lana, how super hot wife, because yeah, you know he, he's trying to get her a job. Of course, I, I mean I would do the same thing if I was him. Second of all, uh, second of all, the fact is, you know, he says everything very aggressive and it's good, but he had this comment where he was like, "Don't come in if you think you can beat me. Only come in if you know you can beat me." You know what I mean? And it's just like, and it was kind of pre-taped, I think. So I'm like, man, y'all should have shot that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you should have used another take because it was good. It was good. It, it, it was like I love his energy. I mean, he has the other than like him and Lance Archer, they have badass energy like going for miles and days. And this is the mural I wanted. It was just like if you're, you're gonna kind of do a pre tape, you know, get the pre tape right. Yeah, very true, but. We can get into the main event match, the first ever bull rope match in AEW history. Nick Camarado with Aaron Solo following him on his side of the factory versus the natural 
Dustin Rhodes. So I feel like if people were feeling a little bit low on this show, it's because we got two matches from the same feud of the Nightmare Family and the Nightmare Factory on the same show. But regardless, this bull rope match I think was a lot of fun. The table spot especially I thought was great. Uh, Nick Camarado just slamming Dustin through that table was great. Um, he got busted open really quickly too um, in the match. Um, they really tried to show off Nick Camarado being super strong. He kicked out at one eventually at one point uh, when he got knocked down uh, by the uh, by the bull, by the uh, by the by the bell. Uh, but eventually, it was uh, his buddy Aaron Solo who kind of screwed him over. He tried to get the uh, the ring post uh, open, expose the turnbuckle. Uh, that ended up backfiring as uh, Dustin was able to hit uh, Camarado's head into the steel uh, into the steel turnbuckle. Then quickly hit that bull diving bulldog to win the match. It was a good. I think it was a good, all right, uh, closing match for the show. Uh. I think this it's it's. It's a bull rope match, so it's a lot more like a lot more modern fans. I think aren't really uh, this main into matches like that. This main event told you what they thought about the show. It was eh. yeah, it was all right. It, it was like this is sometimes you just and need I a show. Sometimes you just need a show to get to the next show. This I was a show to get to the next I, show. I think truly <laughs> that just because this was the second match between the factory versus the nightmare family that we got on the same show. I think that's why it felt a lot less more impactful because we it's again, it's the same feud just in a different match on the same show. Like if you're doing a pay-per-view that makes sense if that's the case, but it was a dynamite. So it was kind of like, eh, but I think it was a, it was a good match. Um, not, I've never really paid much attention to bull rope matches, but they had a real lot of really good spots in this Camarado, I think is freaking huge and i think he can do a lot of great stuff dustin's always great but this was good i think and for the show overall as a as a follow-up show to double double or nothing i don't think it necessarily did the best but also because dynamite's continuing to do shows on friday night and also soon to be saturday night in two weeks or or th- was it three weeks it's two I'm weeks pretty sure the 26 yeah the 26 yes the it's gonna be on saturday Honestly, the NBA playoffs are just kind of messing with stuff with dynamite. And I mean, and this is why happen, this is why they're moving to TBS. I mean, this is that's why they're moving to TBS <laughs> so they don't have dynamite conflicting with this stuff. But regardless, when they get back to Wednesday nights, like if people are concerned about the numbers, the numbers will go back up. And two, like th- then we won't have to worry about the NBA playoffs interfering with this stuff. But I think it was a fine enough show. I think I think it had some really I mean, good I moments. The opening match was great, and but I don't think following up double or nothing i don't think it necessarily like continued the hype coming off of double or nothing i think it was just a good dynamite that you would normally see like in between pay-per-views but it just happened to be immediately after double or nothing so- a solid c plus show you know <laughs> it was a solid c plus i think Camarado should have won personally I, I yeah. feel like they've been building him up for a, as a monster for about a month. They, like this impenetrable, can't-be-hurt monster. And his first boot match, he loses to Dustin. And then, like, you don't even lose to the leader of the Nightmare Factory. You lose to Dustin. No I mean, problem. his match type, though. I, I know. I, I, I know. And if he would have, like, 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 tied his legs up, and it was like he wasn't really beat, but he was just down. But I know he tried to do it, but he didn't come off well. It came off like he just beat him, you know what I mean? And it was just like, sure. I think it should have been more fluky, you know, more fluky into how he beat Camarado. Because Camarado, I think 
is a monster. I, I think he has it. I think he has that monster appeal about him. Uh, he's so big and he's so rough. And I just think you could go somewhere with this. I'm not saying he's ever going to be a champion or anything, but he could be like, hey, when the someone gets pissed off, they make you fight Nick Camarado. You know, that kind of thing. He could be the real muscle for the group. And I just thought, you know, he lost to Dustin. And it's just like, I, I no disrespect towards Dustin Rhodes. It's just, I don't think the win would have hurt, you know, Dustin. I, Dustin's at this point in his career that he can pretty much lose to anybody and it not hurt him because he's a legend. So why not put Camarado over here? Sure. That's that's how I see it. Uh, I would, you know, like, you know, even if it was Cody, you know, I'm like, eh, you're kind of building him as a powerhouse. He needs some powerhouse wins. And a main event win against Dustin that makes the factory more of a threat and more, you know, and it, you know, like right now they got the cheating win over Cody and they're like Camarado just like beats the hell out of Dustin with the bell. You know, that adds a lot to the feud. But again, this is going to lead to some kind of big announcement this week. We'll talk about it in a minute. And I'm looking forward to where this goes. But if anybody thinks this is anything other than a mid-card feud, uh, you're like overblowing it. Because that's what this is. All right. Well, that's our Dynamite coverage. We can now get into our Dynamite preview for next week. Next week's Friday Night Dynamite. We have Layla Hirsch taking on Nyla Rose. This will be Nyla's first match on Dynamite in quite some time, I feel like. We will be hearing from the Pinnacle uh, regarding what the Inner Circle said. Christian Cage will be competing in singles competition against Angelico. We will get Lance Archer in action. Hangman Adam Page was told to find somebody by Team Taz to team up with from the from the Dark Order to face off against Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. He picked ten, so we're gonna get Hang Ten versus Brian Cage and Powerhouse. That Hobbs. was that was my name. I called I, him. I Hang. was gonna say Floyd. If that's your name, I want you to like tweet at Hangman. <laughs> yes. The yes. <laughs> yes. They are Hang Ten. Uh, We're going to get the TNT Championship match between Evil Uno of the Dark Order versus Miro. Cody's going to be making a special match announcement, and the Young Bucks will be competing in six-man competition with Brandon Cutler teaming them, their young boy, versus Pac, Penta, and Eddie Kingston. Um, I'm looking forward to Cody's announcement. I'm thinking it's going to be some sort of team type thing, four on four elimination match with the Nightmare Factory and you know Nightmare Family and the Factory. Um, Lance Archer, I love that he's on TV. This is probably the earliest appearance after a loss at a pay per view he's ever made. He usually is gone for three weeks after he loses that pay per view. So I like that they're bringing him back in. The Pinnacle. Uh, I'm looking forward to what MJF has to say. I feel like this is going to end in a summer, like four on four, five on five match somehow. Maybe they do all the matches in one night and maybe the best of five. You know what I mean? I don't know what they're going to do, but I just feel like it's going to end with something that AEW is going to be kind of exclusively AEW. And it's probably going to be the loser has to break up. That's I how I, I I believe that's where it's gonna be. It's just like oh the we we can't exist, so the loser has to break up. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, the pinnacle and uh, the pinnacle and inner circle has been so good, but it's now time to get over the next few weeks the individual matches. We need 
proud and powerful versus FTR. We need a Sammy Guevara versus Spears match. We need a Jericho versus MJF match, which of, of course eventually should lead to, you know, uh, you know, because the star looks like they're trying to make it Sammy. It's got to lead to a Sammy versus MJF match eventually. But I think they need to line up all the groups and use this to make matches over the next few weeks because I think they can add the dynamite, give them a little time. Nice little blood feud to get us through the summer. All right. Well, we'll go into a little bit of extra news uh, before we wrap up the show. First off, we want to say happy birthday to AEW women's superstar Tay Conti. She celebrated her birthday. Today, Um, June 9th. It's actually today, the day we're recording. Yep. And then we have one other piece of news, which I'll pass off to Floyd for this one. Okay. Is this Leo Rush? This is Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Leo Rush. Feel the rush. Rush. Whatever. He retired again. Uh, He's 26, and he retired for the second time. Apparently at the Double or Nothing Battle Royal, uh, the Casino Battle Royal, he uh, separated his AC joint, which is in the shoulder, and he says he was getting around a lot of playing. It looks like it's not that it won't heal. AEW offered him a contract even though he got hurt and said they were willing to work, but it's just like the rehab and trying to come back, he just... Doesn't seem like his heart is into it anymore. He does have a contract with New Japan, so he has to heal up and do a few more matches. But he is saying, for now, to me, for now, uh, this is me saying for now, that he is effectively retired. But uh, I wish him definitely a speedy recovery. I, I am one of those people, I will tell you, I'm not holding you to... Your retirement announcement. I am uh, nicer than that. Um, just you know, do what's best for you. But you know, whenever you decide, it's like it's getting into a, a way of another wrestler. I'm not going to take this chance to throw that wrestler under the bus. So I won't say their name. But it's just at some point you just like some people are going to stop offering you contracts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like. You got to be able to count on him. With him, at least he didn't sign the contract. The big thing with him is he just said, hey, thank you for the offer. I would have loved working for you. You gave me a memorable time. I'm just not going to sign the contract. And I can't hate on anybody for doing that. I think if you do sign the contract, you should, you know, finish it. But if you didn't sign a contract, there was no promises obligated. It was just kind of a shake hand deal. Like, okay, cool. You didn't. I don't truly think. AEW's missing out on anything personally but I do as the man Leo Rush Lionel Green I hope he finds uh, gets healed up and finds what makes him happy absolutely that's because that's that's what every every wrestler should hope for uh, past wrestling just find something uh, find something that makes you happy and I know he talked about his uh, his family and his kids on his Instagram post. So if that's what makes him happy, do what makes you happy. That's yeah, really yeah, all that matters. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to fault him in. You don't want to wrestle? Don't wrestle. I, I'm never going to be like, well, you should just do this because I want you to do it. No. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But just be sure you don't want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. But regardless, that will be the end of this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate the listens 
If you guys want to continue to support this final this fine show, listen to us on Google or Apple Podcasts. However you listen to us, give us a share with whoever you wish. It really means the world to us. Leave a rating and review. You can also leave a donation through Red Circle. That means the world to us if you do such a thing. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex is our podcast network that makes this show possible. Be sure to check out all of Social Suplex's other shows that they have on their network. I myself am at szoomer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And with everything wrapped up, I'm going to let the soon-to-be birthday boy, happy birthday to my brother Floyd, really appreciate being able to do this show with you. But I'm going to let him take over and take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Hey, so yeah, I turned 40. Uh, this has been a glorious 40 years. If you've ever taken a moment to listen to the show, uh, I will take that as my birthday gift. Uh, I just like really enjoy talking about wrestling. So it's like every time, every time we record, it's like a birthday. But yeah, I've made it 40 years. It's good. Uh, unfortunately, I've left a lot of people that didn't make it that long. So I... I I appreciate every moment, every second, every day of my life. Shout out to my wife, Crystal, the love of my life. Just glad that she's here uh, and, and you know, glad that she's here with me. Well, no one else I'd rather be with. And shout out to all my friends and family. I just uh, I just like, yeah, if you listen to the show every week, I consider you a part of my friends because listening to me talking about wrestling for an hour with Austin trying to rein me in, you know, it, it, you know, I, I definitely appreciate that. So uh, I will leave you with the same thing I leave you with uh, every week, whether it's home work or school always do your best to be elite at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.